the secret to success is using your brain the right way with Liam Naden on episode 224 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. So I didn't really realize what I was doing at the time, and that's why subsequent to that, when I said I need to figure out what I'm doing differently, I want to know what the difference is. Why am I getting so much better results than without the stress, without the problems, enjoying my life, having the success I need, if you like, to be happy? What's the difference between that and the previous life where I was struggling and stressed and achieving success on the outside but not feeling happy on the inside? So I didn't really realize what I was doing at the time, but I subsequently figured it out. This is Dom Brightman here from DomBrightman.com, certified self-leadership trainer and host of the Going North podcast. And you are listening to Dr. Brad Miller on the Beyond Adversity podcast, where he will help you along with his wonderful guest that he brings on from time to time, advance in your life, go for more and use your adversity to create your next ultimate advantage. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. Pleasure and a privilege to have you with me today on this the podcast where we help you to grow through what you go through navigating adversity to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. You can always head over to drbradmiller.com for over 200 episodes of this podcast designed to help you. You can also find our coaching program there, which is the 40-day way, helping you develop your PLP, your Promised Life Plan, to get your life on track from being stuck to having a written plan to get to your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Head over to drbradmiller.com slash 40-day way for some help there. Today, we are talking about the brain and shifting in your brain to achieve success. We have Liam Naden with us. In our conversation today, he's going to talk about shifting your brain, what he calls the right way, through something called neurostate rebalancing. In our conversation today, we're going to talk about how he sought out all kinds of experiences, trying everything in his life to, to achieve success, and it meant a it was detrimental to him in so many ways. In fact, he ended up losing everything and becoming homeless in his mid-40s. And he learned then how to rebuild his life in a better way than before, and he believes that he has uncovered the keys to creating a really ideal life which is, has to do with using your brain the right way. So you're going to feel his pain. You're going to learn then what he did to shift things. Now he uh, has understood now a process for creating true success in your life by using, by learning how to use your brain the right way and to overcome problems, achieve goals and frustrations through neural state rebalancing a process which automatically gets the four parts of the brain working together to bring life and help you to find what you want. 
He blogs at liamnaden.com, L-I-M-L-I-A-M-N-A-D-E-N.com. When we come back from the other side of the interview, we're going to talk specifically about some of the things that you can do right now to reframe your brain for success. But let's get into our conversation with Liam Naden on reframing your brain, using your brain the right way, right now. With our special guest, Liam Naden. He, he blogs at liamnaden.com, L-I-A-M-N-A-D-E-N.com. He's going to be talking to us today about using your brain the right way. Liam, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Thank you very much, Brad. It's a thrill to be here. Thanks for having me. It is indeed a joy to have you here on the Beyond Adversity podcast. And I know that you're going to add a lot to our audience. And our audience is all about the process, all about not being stuck in whatever adverse life event happens to us and having a process to get through it. But that also presumes that we all have problems. We all have difficulties. We all have challenges. And some of them can be pretty, uh, pretty devastating. I know in your life, you've had a few things that you've had to overcome. And if you don't mind, just share with us some of the things that you've had to deal with in your life and how they were really a impetus to help you to turn things around and to do what you're doing right now about uh, working with uh, using your brain the right way. Tell us your story a little bit, Liam. Sure. Really, the big defining moment for me was in my mid-40s, I went from being a multimillionaire and doing pretty well and on the success chart, if you like, to actually losing everything, lost it all, became homeless, literally ended up with the clothes on my back. And I had to move in with my elderly mother and sleep on the sofa in her living room in her small apartment. And it was not a fun experience, I can tell you. I can remember she was in her 70s, and I literally watched her go out the door every morning to work to pay for my food. Oh, my God. It's humbling. That's humbling, my goodness. It is. And I was thinking, why has this happened to me? Because apart from knowing the obvious that I'd made a few bad decisions and they'd all come back to to haunt me, but I'd really prided myself or I'd really spent my life trying to understand how to be in control of my life, how to be successful, how to really make the most of my life. And I'd done all all of the ambitious things of setting goals and working really hard and being motivated. And I'd also learned everything I could about goals, about personal development, self-help, self-improvement. I'd looked into religion. I'd been brought up a Christian, spirituality, studying business. I've been to seminars all over the world, did all sorts of courses, read lots of books. And I thought, hang on a moment. If I know so much about how to be in control of my life, how could this have happened to me where I get to the point where I feel I have no control over my life? And I literally did feel I had no control because Mm -hmm. all these bad things were happening. People were ringing me up wanting money that I didn't have and all of these terrible things. I felt totally out of control. Mm. Circumstances happen no matter what. No matter what position we're in, bad things can happen. That's the thing, isn't it? But my life developed in quite a different way after that. And after I got through all the mess and cleaned things up, and as you do, and I think that's the important important thing to realize, of course, is that There is always light at the end of the tunnel, and you will get through it. And sometimes instead of what I realized at the time, or realized, sorry, after the time, was that sometimes we get these adverse things happen to us, but they ended, instead of being a bad thing, they end up, in hindsight, you realize they're they're a real gift 
They're one of the best things that can happen to you. At the time, it doesn't feel like it, and it doesn't seem like it because we're living through it. But we can look back, and it certainly was the case for me, that this actually turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened to me because it really got me to use my life or live my life in a different way, which brought me completely different results. And it's really the basis of what I, the work I do now. So I could say I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be talking to you now if that sure. hadn't happened. So it was a gift. And you, but part of what is interesting about your story here, Liam, is that if you say you were a multimillionaire and then you end up being homeless, that means you truly did have a higher high than many people have, at least financially. And you had a lower than most people have. And that most people, they, they may have indebtedness and other things, but they don't end up homeless and living in their mother's apartment in their, when you're in your forties and she's in their seventies. So you really had come at some of the extremes, didn't you here in your life? And so that can take a toll on you as well, can't it? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it's very draining. And I think that the highs, it's quite interesting, the measure of success in our society that we're always continuing, everyone apparently or seemingly is striving for is material and financial success. Because, But the thing is, when I was a child, I, the only thing I really wanted was to be happy and be happy. I wanted to figure out how can I be the best that I can be and be really happy. And what I realized is that all of these things that we chase after, and it's pretty obvious, people probably know this, but all we're really trying to do is be happy. But we just think that these things that we're going after are what will give us the happiness. And that's what. And so what I discovered was, even though I had all of the things that I thought should make me happy, I had all the money, the homes, the freedom to travel, and I was doing some nice travel and nice things, I still had lots of problems and stress. I didn't actually mm. feel that happy. I didn't feel that successful which was part of the surprise because I thought I'm studying success. I'm supposed to be happy and successful. Maybe problems and struggle, maybe that's all part of it. The high and the low in one way weren't that far apart. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. because when you're living, when you've got a lot and you're really stressed, it's not that much different from not having anything and, being, and having a lot of stress as well. You've still sure. got the stress. Sure. Let's just take the, for one example, the area of finances. I was thinking about this the other day. I was in a local convenience market and somebody was buying lottery tickets and they were saying some comment about that. That's my retirement plan or something like that. And they probably were more factual than not in a way. But my point is someone who makes a lot of money can be obsessed about money, but someone who has no money can be obsessed about money, but they are both obsessed by that in an unhealthy way. Do you agree with that? And that can happen in other areas of life as well, whether they have it or whether they don't. Absolutely. And that is the problem, isn't it? It's based on mm -hmm. fear. Because mm -hmm. whether you have a lot or whether you don't have a lot, if you're obsessed with it, what really is going on is you're afraid. You're mm -hmm. afraid of either losing it or not getting it. Right. It's all based on fear. And it's that fear that's causing the stress. And, and ultimately, it's, it's that fear that makes you do all the wrong things as well. And that's also far away from contentment and peace. <clears throat> if you're obsessed and you're in an antagonized, anxious-ridden state, and you're not at peace. And I take it now in your life, you feel like you have a place of peace, a place you're in a good place. Would you say that's a fair thing to say at this point, Liam? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm in a wonderful place. And mm. it was funny because as I came out of that, the mess situation of losing everything, I did start to do things in a different way. And things were a lot better, a lot less stressful, a lot happier, a lot more fulfilling. 
and really trying to figure out the difference well, between what I was doing yeah, let, compared to what so I was doing So let's talk before. about That's that That's the then. basis for let's, what I'm, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about what those actually were. And I love to talk about action steps that people take because when people break out of their adverse life conditions, they you know, break out of their patterns, they often are taking some steps significantly different from where they were at before. And you mentioned, even in the midst of your success, that you were going through courses and self-help and other things like this and studying and had a, a spiritual life and all that kind of thing, but that wasn't working. But what did you do well, in those quiet moments in your mom's apartment, sleeping on the couch, what were some of the things you decided to do and then you did? What are some of the actions you took which broke those patterns? Tell us, go there with us for a minute, please. Well, I didn't really realize what I was doing at the time. And that's why subsequent to that, when I said I need to figure out what I'm doing differently, I want to know what the difference is. Why am I getting so much better results than without the stress, without the problems, enjoying my life? having the success I need, if you like, to be happy. What's the difference between that and the previous life where I was struggling and stressed and achieving success on the outside but not feeling happy on the inside? So I didn't really realize what I was doing at the time, but I subsequently figured it out. And you mentioned at the, in the introduction about using your brain the right way. What I figured out was I was using my brain in a different way. Okay. It, it literally came to, down to that. and. It's a bit the if if we want if you want the the essence of it <clears throat> when you feel fear, you put your brain in a certain biological state, which is different to when you don't feel fear, and the state that you put yourself in when you feel fear is is blocks off all of your problem solving and creative and resourceful part of your brain so this is this happens on a biological level. I teach this in a lot more detail and a lot more depth. Sure. So the only way you're actually going to solve problems, the only way you're going to create your ideal life, the only way you're going to allow this infinite computer, which is your brain, to give you the right life for you, is you have to be able to access that. And the only way you can access that is by not being afraid because fear mm. locks off that part of your brain on a biological level. Talks about this in the Bible. It mm -hmm. says, be not afraid, have no fear. It doesn't say try not to be afraid or please don't be afraid. It says, have no fear, be not afraid. Because when you're in a fear state, you activate something called your sympathetic nervous system and it shuts down all the main resor creative resources of your brain. That's what it's designed to do. So I didn't realize it at the time, but I let go of my fear. And instead of struggling to be successful and trying and pushing and trying to figure out what to do. I said, I don't know what to do. I admitted for the first time in my life, probably, I don't know what to do. I don't, and I give up. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen because I'm tired of trying to push and make it work and it's not. And I right. don't know what to do because I literally had no clue what to do. I didn't know how to make any money or I had no idea. I was in a foreign town. I hadn't been in that town for years. I didn't know anybody or no, had no resources. I let go of fear. I didn't realize it at the time when I just said, I'm not going to be afraid anymore. And there's a bit more to it, obviously. Sure. But I, was I actually allowed that part of my brain, which is designed to give me a life where I thrive rather than just survive. I allowed that to start doing its job. And much better things started to happen in my life. So you People cast came into my life that I yeah. wasn't expecting. Opportunities, good things. 
So what would you say then is the uh, the counterpoint to fear? You say you gave up fear and you cast it away. And we can talk a minute about some you know, biblical spiritual concepts along that. But what did you see is that you were exchanging your fear from? You gave your fear up, but what did you gain then? What- I suppose the word that's a little bit perhaps overused is surrender, letting mm-hmm. go. But what that really means, what surrender and letting go really mean, is no expectation. Okay. Instead of trying to figure things and just say, I don't know what's going to happen and I don't care, <laughs> literally. Instead of, And I think that is the opposite. And that is why often people say they let go, but they don't really because they're still trying to figure out what to do. But the part of your brain which knows what to do, you don't need to figure it out. It'll, it's already figured it out for you. It's much bigger than your thinking brain. Mm-hmm. I call it your creative brain. Right, and it's, right. it's, as you would know, it's a physical, this is a biological part of your sure. brain. So really letting go means letting go mm-hmm. of all expectation and trusting that whatever's going to be is going to be, and it'll, mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. Yeah. Would it be fair to say that when you let go, you let go of your fear, that a factor in that is being, is having faith and having faith even in, even in the unknown. Is that a fair thing to say, you think? Let, yeah, and that's exactly what that exactly what faith is. Mm-hmm. True faith is believing yeah. that you're going to be okay, that everything is perfect, that everything is going to work out fine, sure. and that something sure. other than you mm-hmm. is going to make that happen. That is what true faith is. And I think right. talking about faith, even when it comes to prayer, that's why prayer doesn't work when people when it doesn't work for people is there's no faith attached to it. They're trying mm-hmm. to ask for something. They're attached to getting it rather than yeah. just. I think the purpose of prayer is, is gratitude. Sure. Be grateful for what you have, and you'll get more given to you. Says that in the. Let's go there for a second, Liam. Let's talk about the role. We're going to talk a little bit about some chemical reactions and electrical synapses in the brain and that kind of stuff in a minute here. But let's go with this area here about the importance or the role of some sort of a spiritual connection or some sort of a <laughs> connection to a force greater than self that has to do with this transformation that that takes place or connecting with a higher power. You mentioned faith and stepping out in faith and prayer, how prayer doesn't work when we cling on to that, which is a remnants of, you know, of our humanity. That's, I believe that as well. It reminds me a little bit of people trying to jump off a diving board at a pool. You can't jump off a diving board or you're still trying to hang on to the board. You got to let go and you got to go in. But tell me about you, how you feel, maybe about the role, especially in what you're thinking about connecting to a higher power or some sort of a spiritual life or something beyond that. Yes, another way of defining spiritual life is what what is this stuff? What is this universe made of, if you like? And we can say whatever name you want to give it, you, we have to agree that firstly it's infinite. Whatever there is infinite. And if it's infinite, it also must be intelligent because that's part of infinity. All, it must have all knowledge. So whatever this infinite intelligence is, because it's infinite and because it's intelligent, we're a part of it. We are connected. If not, in fact, if it's infinite, we must be it as well. So this infinite intelligence is what we can tap into when we're using our brain the right way and when we let go and truly surrender it's an infinite, as I say, an infinite intelligence that we realize is running the show. So surrender actually is, all surrender is, I think, is letting go of fear because you're still actually in control, but you're not in control in the way you think you are and you're not motivated by being afraid of what you think might happen. When you surrender and, 
and you're surrendering to, to a higher power, you're actually surrendering to the higher part of you because it's infinite, so you must be a part of it. This is where this, I think sometimes we think there's something outside of us that, we, that has a role to play. But if it's infinite, we must be infinite as well. It's all sure. blended in. So yeah. we're in actually the, surrendering to the higher part of ourselves, if you like. In the a retired pastor and in the world I come from, we might call that part of the infinite that's within you, the Holy Spirit, for instance. We might say that's one terminology for what other people call it, life force or other things like that. But it's a spark of something beyond self that's within us, but also is from beyond and also within us. It is within and beyond. And it's what makes us tick, I believe, in terms of uh, transformation. You can't really transform your life and all those external things until you deal with some of this internal life, the inner life, and uh, how that inner life is in, uh, influenced by some sort of a connection with a higher power. At least that's what mm-hmm. I believe. And that gets where you're going here as well. And sometimes that's an organized religion. Many times it's not, but it's, it always has to do with coming to terms with something within us. And that seems like that's what you have done here because you made this transition here and you took some action. You did connect with a higher power and you have some, had some aha moments. You're you talking about the omniscient and omnipresent moments. Let's talk for a minute though here now about then uh, the application of this, Liam. What I want to talk to you about is how you, the disciplines, how you have now applied this to the cognitive sense of your life. And I'm going to go here to disciplines, to practices, to do the way you live life now compared to what you did before. And I know you do some things with, with the states of your, the four states of your brain, for instance, and rebalancing your brain for success. So let's talk about what does it mean then to rebalance your brain? What are the things you're doing now? And what can you teach people about this whole process? The most important thing to realize, excuse me, as I said earlier, is that fear is the blockage. Fear is the barrier. Fear is the thing that when you have it in your system, And fear comes in various forms, anxiety, worry, stress. They're all manifestations of fear. But when you have that in your system, your brain is going to put you into a state that blocks you from from this infinite intelligence creative part of you that is able to solve all of your problems and create the ideal life. That's what it's programmed to do, whether you call it God or infinite intelligence. That's what you're biologically programmed to do to be your best. And fear is the blockage. Fear is only supposed to be used when you're facing an immediate threat or danger. It's not supposed to be the Mm -hmm. way you live. So when you realize that, you realize, as I did, and this is my practice now to answer your question, is to realize the only enemy, the only danger is fear itself. So what I do, and I teach other people about this as well, is firstly, you've got to look at everything that makes you feel bad. And you've got to make the choice. I'm not going to allow that into my system because anything that that activates this worry, stress, anxiety, my brain is going to block off my creative brain, my creative part, where all of my resources lie to create my ideal life. It's a bit like hydrochloric acid. Someone gives you a glass of it and says, I'll give you a million dollars if you drink it. You say, no, thanks. How about $10 million? And I promise you, if you believe, if you put in a lot of effort, if you're motivated, if you're convinced and you tell yourself that it's going to be good for you, it will be. And you say, look, you don't understand. It doesn't matter what excuse or what you say. If I drink that hydrochloric acid, it's going to damage me. It's going to stop me from being, it's going to harm me significantly. 
And it's the same with fear. It doesn't matter what's coming into your life, how justified you might feel about leaving that TV news article on showing or whatever about some war or whatever. If Mm. it makes you feel bad, it's blocking your brain's ability to operate properly and create your ideal life. So my practice is to be very mindful of anything, and I've spent a lot of time doing this and and I'm getting better at it, anything that makes me feel bad, I know if I feel bad, I'm finished. And that doesn't mean I I feel great all the time, obviously. But I'm very careful about who the people are I let into my life, who I'll talk to, what I'll talk about, what conversations I'm going to have and with who, and what I'm going to watch or listen to or uh, allow in terms of that fuel, if you like. Is it dirty fuel? Is it going to make my engine perform badly, which it will if it's the wrong if it's the wrong stuff. So that's and the other practice I have as part of that <clears throat> is to realize that if you really are in a truly creative state and a trusting state and a tapping into this infinite power, whether you call it God or this connection with something higher, which you have access to, the only place when you really are connected to that, you don't need to worry about the future or the past. And the interesting thing is, when's the one time you don't feel fear? And when's is when you're in the only time that exists, which is right now. So I've let go of setting goals, planning tomorrow. And obviously, if I have a calendar with appointments like talking to you. Sure. That's different. But in terms of trying to figure things out and worry about where I'm going to be or what I'm going to do, I literally just let things show up. I act on them, but I let them show up and I trust that the right thing will show up at the right time. And for the most part, that's worked out for you in terms of having success in life and fulfillment. I think people are looking for fulfillment and they also are looking for healing. You mentioned a couple of things there, but choices that you make, the not toxic life. You don't drink the poison no matter what, but you also choose, you can choose the relationships you have. You can choose at least your direction. I kind of think myself more, not so much goal setting, but I think in terms of direction. I set off on a pathway and see how that's going for me. That's kind of the way I hear my, my life. And you also talked about then letting go of worry, letting go of fear. And those are such important concepts. They're biblical, by the way. We're not having a Bible study here, but they certainly let go of fear and worry are certainly biblical, uh, biblical topics as well. Let's talk now. I want to talk to you about something else here that kind of, I think where all this leads us and that's love. So what I mean by that here, Liam, is that it seems like you've had this experience yourself. You've had the highs, you've had the lows, you've had the humbling, living with your mother and so on. And then you had whatever you had to do in the business world to get ahead. You had the stress of that type of thing. And that you're in a good place now. And it has to do with rewiring your brain and these type of things. And it seems like now you are also ready to give back. And that's what I find with people. That's the other piece. People have fulfillment, not only when they work on these things themselves, but when they give back and they love others enough to do that, to serve others with that. How's what you're teaching now? How's it serving others with love? What are you giving back to other people? Tell us about your process, about how that serves the needs of other people who may be stressed as the whole world is right now. I'll give you one more little bit here that I think is important. Google is known for search, you know, they're all about searching, but they're one of their top search terms for last year was the term, I want to heal. And I just found that very telling. People want to heal. So tell us what you're doing to help people heal and to move forward and how you're serving others. I think the most important thing that I've learned is that I'm sharing with others through knowledge, not 
and through explaining <clears throat> is that biologically we're here to thrive. Our purpose, the purpose of all life is not just to survive, but to thrive, which means to be the best that you can be. And of course, by being the best that you can be, you have the greatest chances of survival. That's what all of nature is set up for. Everything living is set up to try and be its best so that it survives. And that includes you. And we've been given a tool. All of nature has been given tools to achieve this. We've been given something called our brain. So our brain is a tool. It's a machine designed to make sure we thrive, to do everything it can to make sure we thrive. But like any machine, we need to use it the right way. And if we're using it in a such, such a way that it's creating problems for us, which is not our biological purpose, we're designed to be the best we can be. That doesn't mean having problems when you think about it. If we're not using it, if we're not getting, if we're not being the best that we can be, there's something with the way we're using this machine, which is designed to do that, this means it's not working right. It's just like with a car. A car is a machine designed to get you from where you are to where you want to go easily, predictably, efficiently. And stress-free for you. Stress-free for you. It's just going to get you there. You have to know how to drive it. If you don't know how to drive it, it's not going to do its job. So your brain is a machine like that. So what I get, what I'm doing, the way I'm giving back is what I learned about how the brain works and how I was for, for some reason, had, mainly because of that traumatic experience I had, I was forced to use my brain in a different way. I was forced to let go and surrender because I didn't know what else to do. I had no other option. I couldn't figure out what to do. So because I was forced to, then I learned what I was doing differently. I learned the biology behind it. And now this is what I'm teaching and, and sharing with other people so sure. that they can use their machine the right way as well. And this, find rewarding. And you call this process neural state rebalancing. Is that correct? That's what you're yes. teaching people. And so give us just a nugget of what that's about then. If people connect up with you, what are they going to learn? Just a nugget about neural state rebalancing. Basically, you're, if you're feeling stress, fear, and worry, the purpose of feeling that, as I said earlier, is when you're faced with an immediate threat or danger. That's what that mechanism in your brain exists for, is to protect mm -hmm. you from a lion running at you out of the forest or whatever. Right. But if you're using it, just because, if you're just feeling stressed any other time or afraid or worried, and there isn't a lion coming at you from the jungle, it's because your brain is sending the wrong message to itself and saying there's a, th a danger in your environment, even when there isn't. So if you mm -hmm. watch something on the news and you feel bad, what your brain is interpreting on that news is that it's something that could harm or kill you now. You, now that's illogical, but it's keeping you in this state that means you can't access the creative part of your brain so that you can live your best life. You're living in, it's keeping you in the state of fear. So what neurostate rebalancing does, it's a process which reteaches your brain the difference between real danger, things that it does need to be afraid of, and therefore puts you in that negative state, and imaginary threats. So it could so things like a war on the other side of the world or whatever, your brain has to see that's not a threat. It's not a, right. not something to be afraid of. So that's what neurostate rebalancing it does. It rebalances your brain so that Instead of living in survival mode, feeling stressed and worried and using your creative brain like in a very small way, you switch it away, the other way around is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You're supposed to be living in this thriving state and just use your fear it's when the lion's running at you.
It seems like discernment is going to be a real big part of this. Too. There's appropriate times for a fear. When the lion is running at you, you need to do that. When your house is on fire, you do need, do need to run out. But if someone else That's is what it's to, for. Yeah. But if someone else is trying to manipulate you by making you fearful of that, which is not a direct threat, but through it, sometimes it's through racism or other things that people do. They try to influence you. Then that's not real. That has been manipulated. And so it seems like it's a part of the process here as well to be a good discerner of what is real and what is not. Yes. And what people don't realize is the most highly paid neuroscientists, people who understand how the brain works and how to use it for a certain effect. They work for governments and large corporations because they know to control human behavior, all they need to do is get you using your brain in a certain way. And the way to control people is through fear, because when you're in a fearful state, all of your big awareness, big picture thinking, creativity, you can see what's really going on. You can't see what's really going on. All you can see is there's danger in in my life. And, oh, there's somebody telling me what to do, even though it's something completely irrational this part of your brain will just obey it. The military mm. uses this. They use oh, yeah. fear as a way to get people think, to do things. They I think it's pretty, otherwise pretty do, evident so. that we see militaries and we see governments and we see big mm. corporate entities using this all the time. So that's so. why I'm sharing with people how you, when you understand how your brain works, you want to be in control of your machine, not somebody else who's using it for their purposes. Yeah. So you're accessing yeah. the secret for your success based on what's best for you, not on how you're being manipulated by someone else. So tell us about yeah. it. Tell us for a minute, Liam, about anybody you've worked with. You have a coaching program here. Tell us about a person or a situation or maybe a group that you've worked with where you've there's been some transition, some transformation take place. You've seen something click here about the training that you've done about brain success. Tell us a, a story here. Well, a lot of my work is also in marriage and relationships. I have a whole podcast about marriage and relationships. I have coaching programs. And what are my coaching programs in that area mainly about is helping people to heal and save their marriage when their husband or their wife has told them they want a divorce. So it's when they're in a real crisis situation, and that's when they come to me, and I have have coaching programs to help them deal with that and hopefully to heal their marriage. And what I found over the years, I've been doing this for quite a while now, what I found was what was the difference between people who managed to make it work in other words, achieve their outcome that they wanted, heal their marriage, and others who didn't. And I figured out, and this is how I got onto the brain thing, because I figured out it wasn't to do with their motivation, their determination, the amount of knowledge they had, the amount of information they had, how much they prayed. It was to do with how they were using their brain. So a lot of my work now with people is when they come to me and they're in this desperate situation is to help them let go of fear because they're driven by fear. They think, if my marriage ends, that's the end of the world. I'll never find anybody else. I'll be a failure. I'll be sure. alone. My children will be harmed. My world will fall apart. I'll look back with regret that my life turned out a mess. So all of these things are holding people back. They're keeping them stuck. It keeps them doing the wrong things in their relationship to heal it. Sure. So, so when people who I've coached, when they learn to do this, what they do is they let go of the fear, the attachment to that relationship. And some people I've worked with have healed their marriage and they've turned into a far better marriage than what it was. And other people have gone off. One gentleman I worked with, he, his wife for six years had been telling him that she wanted a divorce. Six years. And she mm. was treating him horribly. But he had this fear, no, I can't have my marriage end. I must 
saved my marriage. And he went, did all the courses and he went to all the motivational seminars and wrote down all his goals and changed all his beliefs or he thought, all those things. Anyway, he came to me and he worked on this and he realized that it was the fear that was blocking his brain from doing the right things to actually get the result. So he got rid of his fear and he turned around to his wife after six years of her saying she wanted a divorce and said, here you go, here's the divorce papers, sign on the dotted line, the separation right. papers. Right. Now she was shocked and they didn't talk, he didn't hear from her for three months. Then she rang him up in tears after three months and said, I'm really sorry. I've realized it was all me. I sh- I've treated you appallingly and I didn't realize how, what a great person you are and I miss you and can we get back together and I'll promise I'll change and we'll work on our relationship. Now, that was a transformation, yeah, but it wouldn't have happened if he'd held on to the fear. Sure. What I work with through the neuroesthetic rebalancing is so that you're, you're not acting out of fear, and then you do the right things, and the right things sure. happen. It sounds like that's at least one situation, and I'm sure there's others, where a marriage was healed after being devastated. And part of what you're about is helping people to, as you say, use your brain the right way through your coaching program. Liam, how can if people want to learn more about what you are all about? How can they get a hold of you or learn more about your coaching program? Best thing, it's all on my website, which is just my name, liamnaden.com. And yep, my coaching, I do private coaching as well. I've got a, the podcast, Using Your Brain for Success. And if people would like something just to try this, instead of using their fear brain, but use their creative brain to see if they can solve problems, I have something called a neuro rebalancing experience, which is an audio that you can listen to, and it shifts your brain from a fear situation to it shifts you from your fear brain to your creative brain to solve any problem that you're dealing with. It's called Solve Your Problem. Wow. And you can use this for any problem you're dealing with, anything you're not sure about. And you find that when you actually access this part of your brain, you get new insights, you get new ideas, and different things start to happen. So that's actually a free gift on my website, which if people want to take advantage of that. You can find it all at uh, Liam Naden dot com and we'll make connections to that at our website drbradmiller.com some great things here about uh, use your brain the right way and some ways to deal with and solve problems to shift your your life in a, a better state and we thank you Liam for being our guest today you've served our audience well here at the beyond adversity podcast and we thank you our guest today on beyond adversity Liam Naden from liamnaden.com Thank you, Liam. Thanks so much to Liam Naden for being our guest today on Beyond Adversity. Appreciate his insights about the brain and about neurostate rebalancing. I hope you heard and shared his passion for this topic. And how the important thing I would understand for you to do is you do need, you cannot keep doing things the same way you've always done them and expect different results. You do have to reframe your life. You have to have a mental shift. You have This has to do with mindfulness. I'm in my belief, it has to do with taking action. I believe there has to be a spiritual element of things. You have to have new disciplines and new new processes in your life, and then you have to give something back, and Liam has done that. You can find more, and he, you, we can learn from him as well. You can learn more about him at liamnaden.com, L-I- 
A-M-N-A-D-E-N.com. And one of the things you can do specifically there is he has a free audio course there for you. And it's about a neuro rebalancing experience. It's, it's on audio. You can also find things about his course, about the other things that he offers. And that's something specifically that you can do to reframe your brain for success. Here at the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, we're all about helping you to overcome adversity in your life and achieve success. You can always head over to drbradmiller.com where we have over 200 episodes of this podcast designed for you. And you can find our coaching program, The 40-Day Way, which will help you to develop your POP, your promised life plan to help you get from being stuck to being free and achieving your promised life in 40 days. You can find out more about that at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway. We're here to be helpful to you, to help you to navigate life's adversities, depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death here on Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. We hope that you'll join us next time when we continue to serve you. Until then, friends, always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.